Welcome to the Going Rogue with Wes Whitlock podcast. All right, man. Uh, already having a great time. I have Mike Mahowski here uh, from Sons of Liberty Gunworks. Uh, he builds some of the baddest guns out there. I have actually have 0001 stamp Lone Star, still my favorite uh, gun. Um, Mike's a buddy too, man. We go back quite a few years. We got a lot, a lot of st- cool stories. Um, and, uh, I'm stoked to have you here as one of my first guests, dude. Uh, thank you for coming up from San Antonio and, uh, man, stoked to have you, bro. Dude, it's, uh, it's really <laughs> good to be here all these years, man. If I, like, yeah, I remember sitting at that, uh, sitting at that bench, man, in that parking lot. Yes. <laughs> having having some beers, man. Talking about how we're gonna conquer the world, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right, man. What was five, six, seven, five, six, seven years, years ago, ago whatever. Yeah. yeah, we were. I was just kind of, kind of getting things started up. Mike was just starting um, Sons, and uh, we used to like to, you know, in the beginning, we just sit there and talk, have a few beers. Yeah, we were at a, a picnic bench in front of a. <laughs> Seven Eleven or something, man, and we're just kind of talking about, you know, what some of our goals were and what how he was gonna take, uh, what he's gonna do with his gun company. At the time, I think you were just working out of your garage or something. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's funny to think back at that night. There were multi-million dollar plans made at that bench <laughs> over a couple of beers that were and some actually shady contracts from Africa. <laughs> some <kidding>. shady, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a PKM, and yeah, that, yeah. But you ever had the PKM in the parking lot of Subway? That's right. <laughs> But what's awesome is that those those plans and those those conversations they actually materialize. I mean, look where we both are. You know, I mean, yeah. sitting there having these conversations and and now they they happen. That's pretty neat that we were able to execute. You know. Yeah. No, dude, you hit executions, everything, and a lot of us. We you know, I want to do this. I want to do that. We hear it from a lot of dudes. A lot of people want to, but it's 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 rare now to see somebody actually fully go through that gate and open and and try to execute at least try to execute and then actually doing it which is cool you know i remember going to um uh when the range had opened up the range a big shooting facility here in austin huge multi-million dollar indoor shooting range beautiful and um went in there uh and uh to talk to jeff and we were doing some business at the time there and look up on the wall you know you got sig remington benelli all these huge multi-million dollar um, gun companies who've been established for years. And then, boom, Sons of Liberty, man. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, man. That's fucking Mike stuff right there. So it's – and I love – you're like me, man. We're, we're the we're the underdog guys. We're the Rockies, man, the dudes that are down and grinding and, and going up against some of some big companies, man, some big bigger players out there who have been established. And, you know, and that's, that's another reason even for this podcast is dudes who go rogue, man, dudes that are doing things different and doing them on their own – uh, walking their own path and and on their own uh, time and dime and and money and energy and and Mike's one of those guys for sure. He's he's a trailblazer and he 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 does his own thing, man. And that's that's really what this whole thing's really about. So um, you're a perfect guy to be on here, man. And and just talking about stuff like that is it it does it gets it gets it's inspiring and it, it's it's motivating. And and like you said, with that, there's a lot of times dudes we we fall too and man, things happen and it's and uh, got to get back up and keep going and and then you know and, and you've seen that i'm sure being oh, yeah. in the gun industry and uh, you know growing sometimes you can grow too fast and with that there's problems with growing sure. too fast because now sure. you got to find parts and people and um so yeah dude um another rumor i heard too uh i heard it from a guy um that the uh, uh um you have the brother of a very famous uh 
um, pianist. Is he a pianist? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, one of our one of our best armors at the shop, man. This guy, he comes in, he works his ass off. You know, quiet guy. But uh, he he toured with Slayer for you know thirty years. That was his resume. You know, I was like, do you have any experience? You're like hired. Yeah, it's like, do you have any experience with guns? He's like, no. It's like you know, like. But with his brother is uh, Tom Mariah, the the lead singer of Slayer, which is so which is so badass. But but uh, Johnny Mariah, the our guy, he is I mean just a beast, man. And what's for Sons of Liberty, we don't hire based on experience because I can teach somebody how to do the Sons of Liberty way. But I can't teach you how to be cool, and yep. I can't teach you how to give a shit, right? Yep. I mean, like that's that's or something. to be part of a culture, to be you know, part so. of a culture to believe in something. I mean, that we hire based on chemistry, right? Yep. But what's cool about looking at guys that have been in the music industry, you know, sound engineers, stage techs, they have a meticulous way of doing things, very methodical, very step by step. They're detail oriented, and that's what you need to be a good armor, you know, and yep. and and then caring about what you're doing and uh believing in a cause dude yeah like that's the that's the ingredients of that that's our secret our secret is that we have the best team in the industry working with us man nobody's there to punch a clock yep. everybody's there for the cause well dude you have uh human legit human skulls and a bar at your shop bro so come on <laughs> who doesn't want to work there yeah it's, it's <laughs> definitely it's a it's a cool environment man and it's not just you know a gun company i mean it's a it's a culture. It's a you know it's a, it's a way of life. It's a belief system. So not only are we putting out some of the best fighting guns in the country, endurance rifles, uh, we're also I, I think we have a message. You know, yeah, and no, that, you, that's made a difference. That's what I think people um, how why people relate to sons, um, and the message and kind of what you've built is different from the other gun industry. The gun companies are out there. Um, it is more of a it is more of a culture, not just a gun culture, but it's kind of relating to that dude who wants a, a good, high-quality gun and, and all, believes in a certain way of life here in America, and that's usually, they're, in my opinion, great Americans. Um, you, you attract that type of uh, supporter, but you're also giving him a, a tool and a gift, really, to to, to keep his life safe and secure in his families and you put a lot of passion about on your guns so you you've you've done that well and i think um people understand that and see it and if they don't man, that's that's good too which is cool you want to kind of be the slayer of the gun world man yeah you know this industry is uh i mean I, i've met some really really good friends there's some really solid people in this in this business I, as a matter of fact some of the most generous and just incredible people I've met through the firearms industry. It's isn't that so true? It it, it really is. That world is very giving, and and all the dudes I know in that are very good people, man. And they're usually freaking hard workers, dude. Oh, and yeah. they usually same way. They busted their ass and made it somewhere. So no, you're that 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 perception of the the gun people. Ooh, they're bad, horrible. Actually, no, dude. They're actually some. Those are the best people I know. I actually have a funny story we'll come back to on that exact topic. What I was going to say is that uh, th the one thing that I'm a little bit frustrated with the industry, though, is that you know, it's, it's very, very sterile. You know, and, and a lot of people do their best to tiptoe around what it is that we actually do. And so you, know, you have modern sporting rifles. And they're, they're trying to change the language and like, the way that we're perceived by people who don't like us. I have come to the conclusion that they're not going to like us no matter what we do. 
And so no matter how sterile and no matter how uh, PC we try to be, you're never going to please people that just don't believe in what you're doing and don't believe that you, know, you should even be able to own some of these rifles. So instead of like putting any effort to uh, appease those people, I just go all in for our team. And we're pretty unapologetic. I build fighting guns. We're not modern sporting rifles. We, we build guns to end fights, <laughs> you know, and that's that's our approach. And I think that has resonated with people that are just tired of having to tiptoe around everything. Right. You know, yep. no, that, dude, that's a great way to put it. Um, and you do see it in that world. Like if you look at the Dick sporting goods in these places, oh, these just, you know, these are, this is outdoor sporting equipment, whatever. And then they have to pull them because, you know, somebody wrote an article about how bad guns are. Whatever. But you that's you don't have that problem at all, which is it's, you're staying true and authentic to what you do and what you build and what you're about and what your products are about. And um, and you're right. I think a lot of people say, oh, I want to try to appease everybody and I want to I don't want to pigeonhole myself here or there. But sometimes it's like, you know, this is my demographic. This is who we're going after and we're going to stick true to who we are because then you're staying true to them as well, you know, yeah. so it works. So, yeah, you guys do that, do that well. And like I said, man, you go down to your shop, man, you could, you could feel it. You got, you can shoot down there. Mm-hmm. You got, you got a cool bar there. You got legit human skulls in there from like Germany <laughs> or Austria or so something. I think the Russian front, dude. Oh, yeah. Russian front, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they got like engravings. On. Yeah, it's, so it's got that cool feel and energy to it. And then all your guys are good too. Everybody I've met down there are just very passionate about what they do. Um, it's kind of like it reminds me a little bit of uh, a Cheryl Kelby in a way. Like um, he he built the badass Cobra, and he you know he he was that dude was rogue as hell, man. He went in there and said, "I'm going to build the best race car out there. I'm going to I'm going to crush the Italians on their home turf with a Ford." Yeah. Unheard of fucking joke. No way, never going to happen. Laughed at him, and he put together a stellar team of engineers and mechanics and race car drivers, and look what he did. Won the Le Mans what, four or five times. Yeah unheard of so you know and that's staying true to what he did but also surrounding himself with really good dudes that were good at what they did so um you guys do that really well down at sons yeah and having the confidence to look at all the people that are telling you this is a crazy idea it's never going to work right i mean both you and i i'm sure we heard that a thousand times you know like like like, don't quit your day job man you know this is not going to work but you in order i think to 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 build a successful company, I mean, you, you, you have to be pretty stubborn and you, you, you have to kind of be really focused on what you're doing, almost hyper-focused to where you can put the blinders on to some degree and not let any of that stuff, you know, come in the way. Carol Shelby, great example, you know. Yeah. No, it's, you find that kind of uh, pattern in a lot of folks that they're kind of doing that, going down their own road. And, you know, he, you see something they don't. He sees something they don't. Right. You know I mean? And like you said, you could be, you oh, that guy's this or that or selfish or whatever. No, man, the dude's passionate, and that's what his vision is and what's driving him inside. So I, a lot of people will let that determine. Like, they, I want to do this, but I got family or whoever saying, ah, dude, that's not a good idea. You should think about this. You're being an asshole because that's all you want to think about, you selfish piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm sure you've heard that. Oh, yeah. And it's like, no, man, I'm, I'm building something I'm passionate about, and I'm a big picture guy too. I'm like, there's, there's a bigger picture than this and what I'm yeah, doing right now. There's absolutely. something down the road that I'm be able to do with this, what I'm doing now. Um, you know, so it's having that, that, that focus, like you said, and having that, that vision and, um, have, having that bigger picture down the road that you, that you really only, you can see, cause it's hard to explain that to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to be kind of singularly focused. I know that, you know, for me, 
in my path and my journey for when I, when we started to where we're getting and we're and by the way man <clears throat> we're still learning every day we're, we have by no means by no means made it dude i mean we're still clawing and we're still the little guys in the overall thing <clears throat> but you know it, it, in my own journey it did cost me some relationships early on i mean because absolutely cause there's, there's no such thing as five o'clock that doesn't mean shit you know mm-hmm. uh saturday doesn't mean anything i mean you're you're constantly grinding and you're you know you're pushing towards one thing and that's i think that's the price that a lot of founders and, and, and entrepreneurs and ceos and stuff you know that's the price they pay yeah no you it's and that's something you need to think about for those folks that, that do want to go down that road or do feel that you will lose relationships you will lose friends you will lose uh, people that were once close to you um and it could be that because you're you know i've had that example like hey man out having a good time you know you like to have a good time me if i have good times together man but it's like you're like well dude i gotta be at my booth at this time or i gotta be i, I gotta be at my shop to make sure i'm there for the delivery guys bringing my uh, the parts or whatever it may be yeah. so there's a responsibility with that and once you start folk putting your energy and time into your um responsibilities as a as an entrepreneur business person uh a lot of people won't like that because now can't hang with them as much you can't go uh stay out as late or you can't do certain things you were able to do in the past because now you have now it's all on you because if you if you're like ah, i'm just not going to show up to my booth i just paid twenty thousand for a <laughs> shot show because i want to stay out late and party all night and um that's on you. If you're working for somebody, I'm, I'm sick. I can't come in today. Okay. That's we'll us. find someone to cover. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, everything's on you, man. So it, it does, it, it drives you and, and in a way may turn you a little bit into an asshole with certain people because you're like, dude, I, no, this is how I have to do this. You, you, you do isolate. There's 24 hours in the day and you start to look at the economy of time. You start looking at, you know, minutes is, uh, is where I'm spending my time right now. Is it getting me closer to where I want to be? Is it advancing the, the goal? And I mean, I can see now why when you talk to like older people that have already made their fortunes and have already, you know, super established people that are looking back at their life, you hear the story all the time. Like, I wish I would have spent more time with uh, family. I wish I would have done this and this. And like, I think in hindsight, that stuff makes a lot of sense. But when you're driving forward, it, you don't see it that way. I mean, all you can see yeah. is that target and you're just advancing forward, you know? Yeah, that, that's, that's a hard, it's a real hard one to balance for sure. Um, you know, and I felt times where I should have been somewhere else. Um, I try and just, you have a kid too and, and family. It's, it's me. I look at it this way. I grew you know, grew up a very, I grew up poor, bro. So my goal now, my hunger, my drives to make sure my kids will never have to go through that. They'll have opportunities I never had. So, okay. I might not have been there to meet your teacher. Um, but I've busted my ass today. Make sure you can, um, have horseback lessons, uh, ha- ha- have drum lessons, have yeah. these opportunities. And, you know, but it's trying to, but you, you know, ha- trying to explain that to them away when they're young is hard. So I think in, at the end of the day, in the big picture, they'll, they'll understand that, that what you were doing was really for them um, and for yeah. your, you know, your vision and goal. Um, but it, it is, you have to force yourself sometimes to say, you know what, I need to break off from this. I, I got to go be there for, these important people in my life because I don't want to lose them or break that relationship. So it, you have to be disciplined in that. Yeah. You do carve out the time and you do, you do. I mean, you're not completely, you know, uh, 
you got a complete ass pipe, you know. But, right. Like, but, uh, but you know, but it, but but overall, though, when you look guy. at it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the old black and white Orson Welles film or whatever. Uh, he was so passionate about what he did, made all these millions of dollars, but he was a complete asshole. Everybody hated him. Then he like died, and his life sucked. And <laughs> I can't think of the movie, but yeah, you, you know, it's one thing to be passionate, driven, and focused, and all that, but not to completely shut off everything else in your life. Yeah, you, um, to, you yeah, you, you try to find some balance. I just, I think that's hard early on. I think, you know, I think you can eventually achieve that once, you know, you you kind of get over some of those first first hills, you know. But I mean, early on, it's pretty, it's pretty demanding yeah uh, in the <laughs> early days you it is very and then the goal is later on hopefully you get to the point where you know what yeah this is established i've built it it's operating good i got good people i can go ahead and and punch out now and take off for a week or two and go spend a great time with my family um while my shop is running efficiently you know so that's kind of the goal too is like get to that point where you can step away and um and let your what you built operate fine really without you that's that's the hard part because you're not like we all know you're never gonna find that dude that believes in your business as much as you do or will put in as much effort as you do. This just won't happen. It's very rare. Um, so for us that have built something from nothing, it's harder for us to step away and say, let me let somebody else run this. Um, so yeah, that's my one day. I hope to find that dude, bro. <laughs> like so, if somebody's out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's 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 hard to find that, and people want to do their own thing too. So it's. It's it's the way of the world, man. It's the way of of, of our economy. It's, um, but yeah, dude. So <laughs> I know you've been, uh, you know, uh, you're very active as well in the gun community. So what's cool about you is your responsibility of of you know not only do you make great guns <clears throat> and have established a great culture, but you're also involved with the the politics behind it. Which mm. there's gonna be Paul. You're gonna be building guns. You're gonna be involved in the politics that, that, are, that surround the gun and the gun community. So um, I know you've, you've spoken at events and you've been active oh, yeah. with, with different politicians on establishing um, uh, different laws and stuff like that on gun ownership. And what are you seeing kind of overall um, in your business and in, in your world of knowing the gun really well, kind of what direction is, is that going with Americans? Man, so this year has been a pretty bad year for america but it's been a pretty good year for guns you know yep. uh it's unprecedented we've the amount of new gun owners that are coming into the fray the, the amount of people that are starting to accept the fact that uh the second amendment has nothing to do with quail hunting right you know, like i mean i mean i've uh being on these panels like you said i am an advocate i do go out there i'm constantly on debate stages i'm you know doing interviews I've made relationships with people on the other side. Like, you know, whenever you sit there and yell debate, you know, at a town hall meeting a couple times, you get to know each other. And so I've had people that are traditionally anti-gun approach me about buying guns because at this point it's no longer about, you know, uh, you know, some intangible idea It's now, no, you're, you may have to defend that toilet paper right. uh, stash <laughs> you have, you know, you might, might it might be coming to your door soon, you yeah, know? Yeah. Well, and what's funny is that not one time has anybody ever asked me for the gun that holds the least amount of bullets, yep. you know, or our, our, you know, we ship a lot of guns to California and the calls and complaints that I get about it, the 10 day waiting period, I'm like, dude, you voted for that. Like, right. that's like, there you go, man. This is why yeah. we advocated against it because if you're expecting the hordes of zombies to come to your house, you know, tomorrow, you don't got 10 days, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and so I think people are starting to understand, like, the, the 
absurdity and the idiocy of some of these gun laws, you know? And then people are also accepting the fact that, like, your your own protection is in your hands. You know, that, yeah. there's a, a level of self reliance there especially, well, especially nowadays when they're de- getting defunding the police and defunding the, police yeah you know, so who's going to protect you you know or your family you are and guess what you're going to need to do that you're going to need a gun you're going to need a gun and, you know? and i think people are realizing that they don't want to be the only guy on their cul-de-sac without one yeah. and so my goal what i would like to see happen is to retain even five or ten percent of these new gun owners that are coming into the fold and and kind of get them to at least uh, be less enthusiastic about opposing you. Sometimes you, you can't turn somebody to like being a full-fledged like you know supporter and carrying the banner, right? But you can make them less enthusiastic about opposing you when it's time. And I'm and I, in a little bit of uh, advocacy and a little bit of reaching out. You, we can achieve that. So, well, I think that's. I like how you put that and. Um, and I see it too. I know people even over that, uh, two years ago were like, "Oh my god!" Now they're coming to me like, uh, "I'm thinking about getting a, a, a gun. I just don't know what kind. Or where should I go train?" I'm seeing that a lot yeah. from dudes two years ago that were like, "What do you need a gun for?" So that is a fact. That's that's a fact for sure. Um, there is a there is another side to that coin though, and, and it's interesting because I said I'd like to keep five to ten percent. Like we are gonna lose. The majority of them, I think, just realistically speaking, I want to have a realistic expectation, okay? But there are people that come to me and say, hey, uh, I want a weapon for defense. Like, what do you suggest? And I'll tell them, hey, the AR-15 is the best defensive platform a civilian can own. That is the best defensive platform you can own to protect your house, to protect your cul-de-sac, whatever. And a lot of these people that are have made the leap to finally purchase. And I remember a gun. everybody used to say it was a shotgun. Shotgun's the best home defense, and all. I'll, I'll take yeah. an AR for a shotgun all, all, any day, all day, man. Right? I mean, there's a, there's an all been data driven results. Yeah. But you'll see these guys come into the gun scene, and they're still not ready to make that leap. Like they'll they'll buy a shotgun, they'll buy a handgun, but like the, the idea stigma of, of an, uh, the stigma uh, of the uh, AR is AR just AR fifteen or it's, whatever is it's, like it's a bridge too far. So I mean, right. I want to have a realistic expectation. When they both like, at the end of the day have yeah. the same purpose you know so well, you want an unfair fight right uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah you want to have the upper hand man yeah. you know it's like you want to have the big block not the uh, six <laughs> straight six when you're racing or something you know what i mean so why right. not um and then the other thing i wanted to because now that you, guns are becoming they are part of our culture now you see because of social media you see it even more it is more of your face uh, um of course i'm pro gun um to a um, but I'm also like the responsible gun owner. I sure. like the guy. I don't want to be the guy that takes my kids to Chipotle and I got a guy walking in there with an AK strapped to his back because it's his right to do so. That I don't agree with. And I think that leaves a bad stigma for people because they see that and it, it's it's scary. Um, that's my take on that. You know, going to Walmart and all that. Yeah, it might be your right, but. Most of the dudes, like legit gun dudes, I know they do. They don't want people to know they have a gun. I don't want nobody to know I have yeah, a gun. Yeah, I kind of want it to be a surprise when I right. call it out on you. Yeah, I mean, uh, and look, dudes, the way I look at it, like, <clears throat> this is a, this is one of those really. I gotta, I, and I, I want to be very clear. I personally would not put on armor and a rifle and go order a burrito. Like that is, <laughs> I, I don't see the value in that. Right. And you, if you look at things like Starbucks, they had no gun policy before, and now they have a gun policy that did not go in our favor because of, you know, some of this uh, activism. Now, activism is never pretty. 
you know, I mean, you look at some of the guys that are putting it in your face and, and, and strapping up and doing that stuff. Uh, there is a, there is a place for it because an extra was it a right not exercise is a right lost. You know, it, with that being said, I always ask people to define your goals. What are you trying to achieve? You know, and it, right. You know, are are you trying? Is to, it about you or is it about? Is it about the, the cause the, or you know what? Picture. Yeah, I mean, and so I try to encourage people to 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 be smart in in what you're doing. You know, like I said. Make sure you have a defined goal. If it's if it's just to piss off other people, that's not a that goal has no end. There's you know right. there's no there's no nothing to achieve there. I mean it's right. easy. I, you can piss somebody off by just by I, I could piss somebody and off real easy. Well, and how <laughs> it's just because you have the right to do something doesn't mean you need to um to, to do it all the time. You might be yeah. right to do certain things, but what's the end goal to that? Is it to really to piss so somebody because it's your right? He, to do here, so? here, here's a great example. Look, man, if if you own a business downtown Austin and they're about, to, you know, and, and you're staying out front of that business, dude, with, with your plates and with your rifle, man. I'm all about that dude, for that sure. That is, yeah. that is why that right exists. Okay. Right. You stand there and you hold your ground, man. And that's why that right going to order a burrito. Like while you have the right to do so that, that really wasn't the founder's intent, you know, right. or that, you know, that wasn't how, you know, so th- you got to be smart about it. I, I have, I, I applaud the guys that are standing out there protecting their businesses, protecting what they built. Hundred percent. Yeah. You know, and, and I think like you said yeah. that's why that was written in there. For yeah, the absolutely. Purpose of, of protecting your business life, family, um, people around you. Yeah. Um, versus, you know, the other, that you know, <laughs> going and like say I just, um, and then what that does is it makes the cause even harder because now you're you're causing all this controversy and people are upset and like I said then, then policies are made with business say oh now no guns are allowed in here yeah and sometimes i mean you know if you're trying to get some kind of precedent set and you're trying to challenge something then again i mean no activism is ever really pretty uh i just don't think you're doing anybody you know any, any favors in, in your in your widening that divide which going back to what i said though before i don't really put a lot of effort into appeasing the other side because i don't think you can at, at the same time like Starbucks did not have a gun policy at one point, you know, right, I mean, right. like, if you, you know, you, so there's that, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely one of those subjects that's, that's touchy with a lot of folks and stuff, I guess. I, it's, to me, it's, I look at it, I've been carrying one since I was 18. It, it, um, it's part of my life, man. It's, it's part, part of, yeah. it's, it's a tool, you know, I see it as a tool, it's part of your life, and it, 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 just like a tool, um, it, you know, you're, you're a handyman, you're a craftsman, um, you use a saw to, uh, Work, do you go into a saw with and get a burrito, or go, in, go into Chipotle to get a burrito with your saw because it's your, you know what I mean? It just makes right. people uncomfortable. But um, it's I don't a, know. It's, it's an interesting like, it, listen, dude. So the reason why this conversation is almost a little bit uncomfortable, and let's 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 just call out the 600-pound gorilla in the room, dude. Right. You know, the gun culture invented the cancel culture. You know, before the left ever adopted it, our side, you know, kind of invented that to where if somebody made a statement, you know, like like Tim Kennedy, you know, he made a statement one time about like the legal age to buy a gun and like, you know, all these people from, uh, the, you know, the gun culture that crucified the man. I didn't right. agree with his statement that you should be 21 years old to buy a gun. I didn't agree with that. But that doesn't mean I don't like the guy or I don't respect the guy or I don't like the fact that he's making guns, you know, more mainstream, that he's... You know, and so 
you, you don't have to agree with everybody on everything. That doesn't mean that, like, you know, they're your sworn enemy for right. life, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that, today, it seems like that's kind of how people are. It's like, it is, dude. Dude, we don't have to agree on... But I still... We can hang out and have a good time. I like you. We're friends, whatever. But we don't have to agree on everything. Else. Well, we you don't. won't. Like, the, oh, screw that guy. Dude, I wouldn't... I, that'd be the most boring fucking conversation <laughs> of all time, you know? I mean, I don't just <laughs> sit and talk to myself, you know? Yeah. I mean, like... So, and it is good to learn another. Let me hear your side, man. Let yeah. me hear what you have to say. And I've learned this in counseling. <laughs> it's, it, you sometimes have to step out of your own shoes and say, let me, let me just try to hear them out. Let me try to hear it from their side. And then, and then um, you know, based on fact, education, and training and stuff like that, I mean, I developed my own theory on what I think should be yeah. right. You know, so, and, you know, it's... And, and there's also no nuance in these conversations. So people, you know, you, you're trying to have a conversation about, like, a complex, you know, policy or... or you know, how can we weigh this, that, whatever? And they don't. It, it, everything is boiled down to a five-second soundbite, and that is going to be your right. legacy dude, right, for dude. the rest of your life, man. You know, yep. like, you know, fuck everything you've ever done for, you know, for the cause. I mean, no, no, yeah. you're, you're you ex said excommunicado, yeah. dude, you know? <laughs> and that's, uh, unfortunately, like, that's, that's the world we live we, in. we eat our own, dude. We eat yeah. our own all the time. Well, you, you know, know what got, like, talking about the gun community and all that, like, that's what... That couple that was in Missouri, whatever, that protected their property, the guy in the, the badass oh, I tried pink shirt. Like, I tried like hell to give that dude some guns, man. <laughs> well, but if you saw the backlash, I thought what they did, for what they know, they did what they needed to do and was right. And But the gun, a lot of the gun could come out, oh, look at his fingers pointed like this. And Dude, you know how many people own guns out there who don't have legit training? They don't. The majority, you, vast majority. Most people don't. Yeah. So to sit there and bash people who are doing what that gun what their right is to do with that gun. Yeah, do they have the tactile training to say, yeah, I believe you should train. Trust me, I'm an Afghan training, safety, I'm safety, all you should do these things. Do the vast majority of people have guns, have time, effort, do they do that? No, they buy a gun, they put it in a closet. Bad guy shows up, him and his wife grab a gun and they're flagging the hell out of each other. But, you know, to go in there and bash them because they haven't been to Paul Howell's course or trained with Pat McNamara. <laughs> Guess what, dude? You know, most people don't. You know, not very, saying yeah, that very you few people. Train. No. <laughs> What's funny is that yeah, you have these people that are like crucifying him because of like the the weapons handling, and then the inverse, right? There's a video of you in the back of that blazer, dude, just gunning the hell out <laughs> of that that uh, that Lone Star gun, man. And then yeah. there's the, you see some of the like the peanut gallery champion, like you know what? Why are you Why throwing the safety on? You know, like so if you're yeah. if you're if you're using safety, right. you know, oh, why are you doing that? And if you're if you're not, oh, you know, something I you can't please everybody. Right. Don't even try. But the instead of we need to look at the overall concept, right? And the concept the concept is uh, here are some people that decided to stand up for their property, for their you know for their own security. Right. That's the thing. I mean, like. <laughs> Their, uh, their selection of weapons. I mean, he ran out there barefoot. You know, I mean, like, you know, I mean. It was like the greatest picture ever. Oh, it was. it was. It was, yeah. So awesome. Yeah, it was great. But I, I would rather people focus on the big picture, and the big picture is, hey, man, property rights are real. Yeah. You know, uh, gun rights are real. The, the, the natural right to self-defense. And that's what we should be talking about. That's not, that's not what the conversation is. It always devolves into. Look at his finger, his tactics, or whatever, Yeah, this you know? is my safety. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and like I said, I, I'm big on training and safety. And I course. think everybody who has, so then you go down that road. So all these guys, you guys, like, it's my right to have a gun and a, no training whatsoever. Okay, it's your right. But that's the first person will go on and bash somebody um, for positioning their, their gun in the wrong way. Okay, so should those people have had proper training, tactical high-speed training, to be able to purchase a gun? No. 
Okay, no. no. So you can't have you, you, you can't, can't have, have it both, it both ways. ways. Yeah. So if you want everybody to be handling weapons like they're a unit guy, they're not going to get guns. Until they have a gun, they have to be trained up. So which way do you want it? Or no training, go buy a gun. Yeah, that's the litmus test, right? So, like, do I need some sort of uh, – do I need, like, a – uh, a civics degree in order to uh, exercise my First Amendment right. You know, do I need to have a permit? You know, do, right. you know, do I need to have a law degree to be protected by the Fourth Amendment? Like, no. Like, uh, it, uh, these are these are natural rights, and there is no uh, prerequisites. Same thing with having a gun. Like, you know, I would like to see more and more people trained. I mean, you know, absolutely. Uh, and we, dude, we both. I mean. Look at our lifestyles. I mean, we we all, we constantly train. We we promote guys that are at the top of their game for training. You know, to actually, so we're advocates for that. At the same time, you know, it, it's kind of hard to sell that on people that have nothing to learn. That's another problem too. Like, there's a lot of people that feel that they have nothing to learn. I know that's, that's sad. There's so much to, out there too that to, it, well, things learn. change. I mean, e- even if you even if you learn some tactics back in 1994, I mean, oh, the game has changed, bro. It's so yeah. fluid, you know. Like high ready, now it's low ready, and then it's back to high. You know, it's it's, it's it changes. And, all and, the and time. it's a perishable skill. So it's one of those things I would encourage people to continuously do. But yeah, no. yeah, you're right though, man. Again, it, here's another funny thing. So I wanted to give them a gun because it pissed me off that the state could step in. And just take their shit, right? You know, with no due process. I mean, it was completely politically driven, yeah. all right. And I said, man, I'm gonna replace those guns. And I got a lot of hot hate mail because, like, hey, man, those guys are liberal, and this is what I I'm like. <laughs> like, like the Second Amendment either applies to everybody. Yeah, you're liberal or not. He's or, doing or it doesn't. Yeah. You know? And then you know, all of this, like, oh, I heard it on the internet. He's a liberal. Right. Well, he just he just spoke at the the national Republican National Convention. So right. uh, be, be, wa- be wary of the things you hear on the internet, you know, like right. or the quotes by Lincoln. <laughs> the quote, yeah. Anything's like... a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what that's, you know, that's part of the problem with that. That's the social media is that people believe what they see, you know, and, yeah. um, you know, get the facts, man, and get and, and get the education. And, um, you know, but you in the gun world, I, I'm sure is, is very political. And you gotta um, kind of understand what what uh, the laws are and and um, the ownership rights and stuff. So um, and there's a difference, right? So if you were to ask Mike Mahalski, the owner of Sons of Liberty, about you know NFA laws and things like that, like well, you know, I have a I have an agreement with the government to operate in business, and so like that under that hat, like we have to play ball with short barrel rifles and NFA and you know stuff like that. So I mean, like you you know, there's there's that answer in order to stay in business and then if you were to ask right. mike mahalski the what? texan dude <laughs> right. what i what i believe yeah. well bro like no I, I i do think that people should pretty much be able to own whatever they want you know yeah. and, and i think that these laws are so arbitrary i mean if you look at a, a, an sbr versus a pistol versus any other weapon i mean the 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 qualifications for the nomenclature and those things are so arbitrary that it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous to how the these laws work, and so I can see why there's some fr- a lot of frustration and confusion out there. You Absolutely, know? yeah. No, I I agree 100 percent, and I I um I also agree with the Mike uh, idea of what his thoughts are. What we should be able to own, <laughs> you know. I agree. We should all be able to own whatever we want when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, do I want? Do I think background checks should be inch be there? Personally, I do. Personally, I think if this guy's got mental disorders, he's got a, a track history of, of extreme violence, and he's been in and out, I think he should be looked at. 
you know, when we when we do we do a we do about a hundred rifles for charity a year. You know, everything from the Seal Foundation, uh, uh, Seal Legacy Foundation, to different organizations for law enforcement, fire. When I give a rifle to one of these charity organizations, I tell them, hey. Yeah, you gave one to uh, SAR. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, that, dude, that's an awesome. That's, that's something we're so proud to support. That's but, awesome. But I tell I tell the organization, do not hand this gun to the winner. You know, do not. Go and take it and get a background check. So, therefore, you have a level of insulation mm-hmm. between the organization and the recipient. I mean, if, if you don't know who that dude is, it's some guy that bought a ticket, you know, I mean, yeah. or whatever. It was like the guy that showed up in the kilt. At the, when we were watching him at the range, <laughs> yeah, like, that guy's going to shoot somebody. It's like, oh, man, this is, this is how it, <laughs> You're like, how it see, ends, I saw bro. that guy, too, man. We're both watching him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, I mean, I, I think it's good advice to put some insulation between you and wherever that weapon ends up. So, I mean, I think that there's there's good practices there, right? My my uh, apprehension, though, to like to really support some of the background check as far as universally is the only way to enforce that. The only way to enforce that is to have a national registry. So how would you know if, if you sold your uncle a gun without a background check? Like the only way to know that is if that if there was a registration attached or can you can you, you know, prove custody that the for years, the the anti-gunners called us paranoid about, oh, no one's coming to take your guns. No one's coming to take your guns. And then you have Beto. <laughs> hell yeah, we're coming to take your guns, dude. Like, hell yeah. yeah. So right there, it, just in that one soundbite from Beto, he kind of confirmed every fear we've ever had about a national registry. Right now, bro, they have no clue what you have under your mattress, dude, nor should they. Right. You know, <laughs> once we start getting into registries, that's that's scary, dude. It, do, you, it, do you trust the government to ever no. do the right thing or give some power back ever? Right. You know, do they ever give anything back, man? Right. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with that. I, I just, I do think there's, there should be something, you know, I think that, that somebody should be, um, Background needs to be checked in some way. What's the most efficient way that's not corrupt and like there's no agendas behind it? I don't know, man. I, I, mean, I don't know what yeah. that system would be. In, in right now, man, I think like if. But like you said, and this is the, this is the fact. There's so many guns out there and unregistered, and the criminals have dude. They're out there all over Chicago, New York, or on the underground. You can get guns, dude. You know they're out there. So it's it's a hard one. Why should a dude that's um, law-abiding, never been to jail? Uh, you know, just a good American guy that wants to buy a gun. Why is it so hard for him when, dude, a, a little, literally a, a piece of shit criminal can go and buy one right now? Yeah. So it, he can have one without anything. So we 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 work with a lot of agencies, you know, all over the country, and it's it's interesting to see how some of these things unfold, right? So there are uh, there are people. I mean, sometimes they'll find like a grandma, or they'll find you know uh, a mother of five that's like you know in a tough financial spot. And these criminal organizations will go and make her go. I mean, she'll buy 40, 50 guns in a month. You know, I mean, it's all oh, it's it's yeah. all straw purchases, right? And then those guns start getting retrieved in crime scenes all over, and they they're able to they're able to uh, they're able to trace back where that gun was originally purchased from, right? I mean, because there is a there is a disposition request to ATF files, but they never pursue any charges against that. Right. I mean, if you were to walk into a gun shop right now and lie on your 4473, lie on a federal document, that's a felony. Right. But out of like the few hundred thousand people that try a year, maybe like, I don't know, 
10 or 11 people, maybe 30 people, somewhere, it, it, it's in the very, it's, it's below the three digits, right? Yeah. That's how many people are ever actually prosecuted for falsifying a government document. Wow. And interestingly, it's an interesting stat about that. People that attempt to buy a gun under false pretenses, we know have a higher propensity for using a gun in a crime. <laughs> so the laws we already currently have on the books are not enforced at all. Uh, and nobody pursues charge. I mean, you know, some of these cases should be aggravated. You look, you look at some, like there was a guy that just had a standoff in Philadelphia, right? It was like maybe a year and a half ago. He had shot a couple of police officers. He had the city tied down for like, you know, hours and hours. And you look at this dude's rap sheet, man. He had several felonious convictions for weapons charges and everything else, but he was still walking the street. And so if you're not going to actually enforce the laws we already have on the books, adding more laws, there's 22,000 gun laws currently, <laughs> right? Wow. So, I mean, what's 22,001 right. going to do? More bureaucracies, yeah. It's but, just... but, dude, listen, from somebody in the gun industry, I don't want crazy people to have guns. I don't want I think that's dangerous what we're people trying to, to have get guns. Out here is, like, is you don't, none of us do. I don't no. want a dude that's fucking nuts and no. has violent tensions and all these things. I really don't want him to have a gun. <laughs> is it his right? Yeah, maybe. I just, I don't know what that, what, how, what's the... The what's best the way, answer? But what's you know? the answer to that? You know, listen. One of one of the one of our first potential customers at Sons Liberty when we very first opened up. I mean, like we had nothing. It was like an empty building and like me behind the counter. And this, <laughs> I remember. And, yeah, yeah. And this dude walked in, man, crying. I mean, tears and snot. I mean, this dude was in serious distress, and he had a wad of money in his hand, like balled up, and he wanted to buy a gun right now. And I'm like. Dude, there's no fucking way <laughs> I'm selling you. I don't know what's going on with you right now, but there's no way I'm selling you a gun. So I do think that, you know, a little bit of discretion on behalf of, you know, people that are selling the guns, right. you know, like, I mean, I have to, I'm compelled by my own conscience. There's no way I'm going to sell that dude a gun. Right. There's something wrong, man. Right. You know, um, again, dude, it's just, it gets really complicated when you st- Unfortunately, laws are written with sledgehammers and not scalpels, and there's always some kind of unintended consequences. Yep. But as the law is written right now, you know, background checks exist, you know? Right. I think that's what people don't understand, that there yeah. is some. Is it the perfect answer? Yeah, no. I, I don't think it is either. But there is something, so people need to understand. They make it – if you listen to them – me. They make it sound like you can go down to 7-Eleven and buy... At a vending uh, machine. Yeah, that's yeah. how they make it sound, and that's not the case. A gun it show loophole. Bro, go to a gun... I mean, go to a gun show. Like, 99.9% of the, the vendors there are FFLs. By law, we are right. obligated by federal law to do a background check. Right. And it's your business, and they're like, you don't... You want to play by the rules, not to... to get, yeah. You, you got to pay your bills, man. You don't lose your business over doing something stupid. Mike, the owner of Sons Liberty, Mike, the... The Texan with the, you know, with the bad temper, right? You know, so, <laughs> and so, the cannons. Yeah, the, yeah. So, I mean, like, there are, like, these laws are already on the books. We we must, by by threat of prosecution, dude, we must follow those laws. Uh, 22,000 gun laws, 22,001. So know. that's, and that's when there are laws. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, um, barriers there for, sure. you know, it's not that easy to go and buy a gun. It's no. not. So that's kind of what I wanted to get at. Um, like I said, I'm a pro gun guy. I love guns. I've been carrying my whole life. I've been carrying them as part of my my obligation and duties. So with that, it's just become part of my life. You Absolutely. Know? So I yeah. might see it a little bit different than a guy that just wants to buy one to put in his closet. 
Um, not that, he, you know, he has that right to do so. And I, I just wish that there would be more training involved with that. Can we make them train if they buy a gun? No. But hopefully that's part of the responsibility. So I think through the education of stuff like this or stuff like with some of these guys teaching gun stuff online and this, uh, they can see the importance of, of, of yeah. safety and how to carry properly. And it, it is interesting to see, like, the per like you are a true professional end user. I know your background. I mean, you've carried a weapon, you know, for – for the purposes of why, you know, I mean, you're a gunfighter, dude, you know, I mean, you, you spend a lot of time carrying a weapon with the intent of having, well, not the intent, but the possibility of truly having to use it, right? right. And to see, like, the professional end user opinion on things and to see the casual gun owner opinion on things, it's it's kind of interesting to, to observe that disconnect. You know, it's where you're talking about reasonable measures and you're talking about the way, you know, things would make sense. It doesn't resonate. Again, you know, it you encourage trainings. That's, that's a way of life. You know, you've, right. you, you, you have seen with your own eyes what the benefit of training is, how things evolve, how continuing that education in that field makes you harder to kill, right? Mm -hmm. It's very hard to communicate that to somebody who puts buckshot in their shot or puts birdshot in their home defense shotgun, dude, who, right. who you know, and it's locked uh, up in it. a safe, so locked something up. happens by the time you get it, it's over anyway. Yeah, that's it, it it, just, it, it really is a, a bridge too far. I mean, yeah. it, but we, we keep trying, right? Don't give up. Yeah, no, I think we're on the right path. I yeah. think we're, I think, and now more than ever, like we talked about it, you know, I'm no, by no means paranoid guy, but I'm a realist too, and I know how bad it is out there, so I'm, I, if I don't have my gun with me when I go, I don't feel comfortable, you know. No. What am I going to, not even for myself, you know, but for those that are with me, I feel no. obligated. Or if I'm in a restaurant, I want to be that guy's going to be able to do something, you know. And I, I try to express this, too, and, and, and I don't want to get too much into that, too, but, like, the, the, the medical side of things, you know, like, guys that carry guns are about guns, 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 but you probably should know how to stop some bleeding too, you know, like carrying a tourniquet and stuff like that. You know, I think we're seeing more guys do that nowadays. Now I see companies selling the tourniquet holders and stuff. So it's, it's, it's more convenient for a guy to carry a tourniquet, but that's the same thing. There's training that that's, is involved with that. And more, t more times likely that you're going to find somebody who's going to need medical attention. Then you're going to have to utilize a weapon on them. Absolutely. You know, so, um, you know, and I, I like to see the guys and gals are out there. They're kind of, living that and, and, you know, wanting to be somebody who can actually respond and do something. And make something a difference. Yeah. Stop the bleed. I mean, there are a lot of people that have probably died in some of these high profile shooting incidents that didn't have to die because it took so long to clear the scene to actually get medical personnel in there. But if you're in there and you, you know how to stop the bleed, yeah. there, most, most shootings, I mean, unless you get, you know, unless you get domed, man, or, you know, you're, you're, you've really destroyed something vital. A lot of these things are, are very survival. You can get to a hospital, and then once you get to a hospital, that trauma surgeon can probably do some do some good, you know. Yeah. But stopping the bleeding, and that's unfortunately again, that's something that we don't see enough. Like a tourniquet should probably be part of your EDC, man, or knowing how to apply pressure dressing, or you know right. whatever, man. So I, I completely agree. It's it's just again, not as cool, you know. It's not yeah, as cool yeah, and sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Guns are cool and sexy and fun. Um, and it's, you know, so it's, I'll, I'll post a picture of a tourniquet tonight on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. It will get like three likes. You know? Right. But it's, I mean, I'm seeing more of that though. I am seeing more of that. So it's, it's neat to see that, um, that taking place with the responsibility of carrying a gun, you carry some medical with you too, you know? Um, 
But yeah, dude, I, I love what you're doing, dude. Um, man, we, uh, shoot, dude, what else, man? So you got the you just get moved into your new shop, right? Yeah, we just moved into a new shop. It's uh, we've we've we finally outgrew the other one. We're dude, we're about good to, problems to have. We're probably already about to outgrow, you know, the <laughs> the, the new one. You know, but wow. like I was talking to Jeff earlier, you know, uh, it, you have to be really careful because like right now this is very unnatural growth. Like this is not. Uh, there's no way to plan a business around what's happening no, right no, now. You know? nope. So you can't go you can't go too heavy and start hiring a bunch of people and buying a bunch of equipment because the ass could fall out of this thing anytime. And so you're you're trying to walk that line of what's responsible as a business owner. Like you just said, like you say, Oh man, we're growing, we're growing. I'm trying to forecast. Let me go out and buy this building and hire more people and then six months from now things start changing. So that's being a realist and a experienced business owner is knowing when to pull triggers on on um, on use, utilizing your capital and your, your growth strategy, uh, versus going with what's happening at at this moment. Because we all know too, and that's economics 101. Everything can change tomorrow, man. Whatever's happening today and yesterday, but tomorrow, look what happened with this crow. Nobody saw that coming. Dude, it cr- you just I know a lot of um, bar owners, but you know, oh my god, crushed. Man. You know, like they hadn't, hadn't they just bought new canning devices, a new. Um, moved into new buildings and hired new people to because they were growing and the next day they had to shut down dude so crushed oh know? man I and mean, you can't predict that yeah they're saying like you know potentially 60 to 70 percent of you know independently mom and pop kind of family owned restaurants and bars may never recover dude i mean think about that you know yeah. i mean and all of these like small businesses that have really really been devastated man you know uh it's an interesting time, and, and I wonder what the new normal is going to look like. I mean, you know, will we ever truly go back to normal, and what's that going to be? I have fucking no idea, you know? I don't think – I think it's going to be a long time, you know, when – Yeah. At first, when I was like, oh, this will last a few weeks, a few months, but it's progressing, and it's not – you know, everything's still changing. So it's – you know, everybody who's out there, is they're all – everybody's feeling the effects of it. It could be a negative, a positive, whatever – um, and you know you're the same way, and the other guys I talk to, you know this I take this as an opportunity if you can to 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 make changes in your life or whatever, because um, now's the time to really reflect on what you can do to turn a negative into a positive. Yeah, we've learned some pretty cool lessons, you know. So uh, you know, Sam, you know, we're, we're we technically could be close to even outgrowing the new spot, but when we were when we were if, when this Corona thing first started. We broken that we broke the shop up into like multiple teams, and so you'd have a team come in, work, you know, disinfect. The next team would come in, work. That for if you ever had one guy on one crew pop positive, and you had to quarantine that crew, you still have like two crews going, right? So we, we were operating literally around the clock. Yeah, I remember talking to you when that was going yeah, down. Yeah, and so and so we, you know, what that taught me though, is that you can utilize the same amount of square footage, and double your work put work output if you have like a night shift so they like so instead of having to go and build 30 new workbenches you could have a crew come in and work on the same and so you're you're con- so we've had to learn some lessons on how to work around it and it's right. it teaches you how to be lean you you adapt and that's the only way to survive man you yeah. have to find a way to adapt you know yeah yeah no you're right you gotta you gotta find a way to adapt to be efficient with what you have at that moment um, and that's a good example of space, you know, because it's, oh, I need a bigger place. Oh, not really, man. You can actually just change your schedule around a little bit or change your workforce around a little bit and utilize what you have. I think for anybody, utilize what you have available to yeah. you at that moment. 
versus spending more money and capital to expand things there. You know, you utilize that that money into what's going to bring you true return. You yeah, and you, and you start looking at some of the stuff that you didn't need, right? Like, I mean, we spent oh, a t- <laughs> we spent a ton of money on. Uh, traveling to conventions and shows and demos and you know it's expensive and, dude, booths and hotels and bar tabs and yep. you know flying and then the, crew. the time doing it that the you're time. taking away from you where you could be being but yeah exactly dude so I mean you're, you, you, you this is the, we we did it this way because that's the way it's always been done right but now you can't right so now you're starting to have Zoom meetings or you're starting to you're you're, you're having to operate around that and we're realizing dude we're still doing like the same amount of bit we're actually we're doing you know a lot more business without having to have done less without having. Yeah. And so will we, will we ever not go less, back to but the same of what you had? Right. But without plane fare and hotels and this and booths. And I mean, that's a good point. I've learned, and we were talking about that earlier with these different events um, that were canceled this year that we normally go to. We're like, dude, that's going to suck. Cause we do, but actually it's like, ah, oh, it's actually, I've refocused that energy somewhere else. And we didn't have to go to those things and spend <laughs> the money to go there and deal with all that that comes with those, that travel and oh, yeah. expense. You, you can refocus um, doing stuff right where in your own house, you know, and build from there. So, you know, hopefully people that, that are going through this are using it in a positive manner like that. Um, but, yeah, dude, it's interesting. We'll see what happens, man. I <laughs> We'll see where we are in a year from now. You know, we, we might all be huddled together in one of those connexes out back, you know. Dude, I'm, by the way, <laughs> so I'm really glad that you uh, – that you're – doing this podcast, man. I mean, I think this is really good for American discourse, the like long form interview style. And instead of getting ideas and concepts from like some five second, you know, clip clip is so overly simplified, you know, we can, you can actually delve into some of these issues where you can understand why somebody thinks the way they do or why this concept is the way it is. This is the best thing to happen. Like these, you know, the podcast, especially yours, that is good for American discourse dude i mean that's why yeah. i think that the popularity of these platforms is going to go so high because people are sick of that they're sick just, of yeah the negative the media that the like i said the two second five second clips this you can at least you know hopefully get something out of it you know and, and really understand more um from where these different folks are coming from yeah um and take something away positive from it so i think it's but yeah dude i'm glad i was able to get you even one of the first guys that popped oh. in my head i, like, I get mike up here man because We've gone through a lot together, and I love to see what you're doing, and you're very good at what you do as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, as um, as a forward, innovative thinker. So, yeah, and, I, so and I I owe a lot of that to you. I, every time I get a chance, I tell people how much you supported us early on, like th- that, some of that initial launch, man. Uh, you helped us quite a bit. You were like, you know, a really legitimate guy like that you know, knows his shit, and you helping promote us got us to like that got us to a point where people started paying attention and you know so dude we're very i'm i'm grateful for uh, it's, yeah, all it's your awesome support, man. same way man you guys support us I, I, I we all support each other I, it's it's how it should be man it's cool to see that happening especially now we need to have america's come together and support each other so, so bro man. with that man big love dude I'm, I'm so happy you came up man always love you dude i, I love your gun too it's still my favorite I call it I call it my clinkety clank because it's that clink 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 clink. Just it's, it's a machine. It's just a you build a hammer, man. Never had one jam, still no jam. So <laughs> I freaking love it, man. Keep doing it, and I, and I want one of those scalpers too. It's coming, man. <laughs> right you got on, it, brother. dude. All right, love you, hey, man. Hey, brother. It's been great. Welcome to the Going Rogue with Wes Whitlock podcast.